remember renting movies from a local video store? The perfect video store. Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Is popping up all over the country. Do you remember owning membership cards, dealing with late fees, and driving to several stores for the latest release? Right now, rent Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Cobra for just a dollar a day each. Then sit back and listen to the stories of the men and women who were on the front lines of video stores in their heyday. Friendly people, fast computerized checkout, free membership, and all our rentals are for three days, two nights. This is Rental Return, Tales from the Video Store. Hi, my name is Joe Corey. I worked at the Video Plaza on Kildare Farms Road in Cary, North Carolina, next to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I lasted there somewhere between 1993 and 1994. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. This is Brian. I am here to talk about my memories of uh, working at a place called Hollywood Video in a suburb of the Boston area from about 1998 to 2000. Hey, this is Matthew Corey. I worked at the Video Bar in Cary, North Carolina back in uh, the summer of 1993 and 94. Hi, my name is Mark DeWitt from Holland, Michigan. I was a operator for 10 Blockbuster stores from 1989 to 1992. My name is Colin Fitzpatrick. I worked at the Mission Viejo, California location of Blockbuster Video in 2003. My name is W. Axel Foley, also known as Bill or Billy Foley, and I worked at the greatest video store ever in existence, World of Video at 51 Greenwich Avenue in Manhattan from 2001 until 2007. Hey, this is William Lanham, and uh, I worked at Blockbuster from 2005 to 2009 in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, I'm Bob O'Rourke. I worked at Premier Video in Clinton, New Jersey and Princeton, New Jersey from 2000 to 2007. I'm Brandon Myers and I worked at Blockbuster Video in Millington, Tennessee from February 2001 to the end of 2002. My name is Alan Smith. I'm in Madison, Tennessee. I worked for Movie Gallery from May of 1998 until May of 1999. Season 2, Episode 1. Meet the Heroes. So what are your earliest memories of renting from a video store? Wow, so I remember because I'm old enough to remember all this stuff uh, of when VHS became affordable for home, like the players actually became a thing. And the earliest thing I remember was that there was a mom and pop store that opened here near a mall that I live close to and I remember going in there and it wasn't a very big place at all but I was just fascinated because all of a sudden all these movies that I loved and stuff that I'd never heard of were here available <laughs> all of a sudden and uh, you know and the thing I loved the most was the, the posters that they had hanging on the walls and, and stuff so this would have been probably oh man 1980. 283 somewhere around in there 81 82 83 early very early 80s uh definitely post empire strikes back pre return of the jedi somewhere in oh, there wow. <laughs> yeah um and that was a big thing you know uh definitely post indiana jones our, our raiders of the lost ark coming out because that was like a huge deal whenever that hit home video gosh so my earliest memories really took place with my dad 
he loved videos and movies, but he wasn't like a movie junkie. Like he couldn't tell you the name of a movie that he watched. Um, but we watch movies every weekend. And so my uh, local video store was called Video Rama. It was in Cary, North Carolina, and we lived right across the street from it in some town home. So every Friday and Saturday night, that was where my dad and I would go. And he was a bit of a salesman, so he made friends with the clerks, and they would uh, give us free rentals and clear off his late fees because he never took anything back on time. But I just loved the atmosphere of being in this video store because we'd spend hours. And, um, you know, I was young. I was probably five or six at the time. And there was two places I was banned from going into. And, uh, of course, it was the, the dreaded curtain of adult videos in the back, and it was the horror section. So I would spend a lot of my time, you know, in the kids section looking at movies or the martial arts section, but the curiosity always got me in the horror. So I would like walk down the horror aisles and like slant my eyes to the side to look at the covers and pretend like I was going through to get to the kids section. But I would do it over and over and over. So it was, it was just pretty clear what I was doing, but that was a great time uh, to rent videos. I was probably in high school when they started opening up video stores. And so that would be the video, there was a Videorama, it was called, and that was actually also on Kildare Farms Road, uh, close to Maynard in, in Cary, North Carolina. And it was, uh, I, I want to say it used up like two parts of a, uh, of a strip mall, you know, two, two little slots. And it was one of those things where you actually had to pay to join at that point. You had to pay like the 20 bucks or whatever, so you could become a member since I think they used that money to try to buy more tapes so you could rent them back and stuff. It, it was kind of busy that way. It was a small store. And, and I remember they had a Godzilla 1985 inflatable Godzilla that I wanted really bad. And uh, <laughs> they never, ever would, would part with that. So it was like, no, no, the owner likes that. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to give it away. Nope, it's ours, you know, kind of thing. So my earliest memories, just from a video store in general, would be, I can't remember the name of the store, but it was a mom and pop store. And the deal was is that you could rent like five video games at the same time or like five movies at the same time for a very cheap amount of money. It was like $5 or $6 or something like that. And I remember that my dad, we had a Nintendo at the time, an NES. And my dad would sometimes on weekends, we would go and we would get five or six NES games and kind of just try them all out over the weekend. And, you know, that was really fun. That was actually a really important memory for me. And then going forward, I started renting from the warehouse. And that was a big initial rental area for me, too, is the warehouse. Uh, I don't think they exist anymore. But yes, the, the warehouse video or warehouse music. So in the mid 80s, I was a student, college student. And I recollect my first uh, video that I either purchased or rented was uh, Ghostbusters. And because uh, it was right after the movie came out. So I think it was my junior year of college. I, I did that. And then uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and watched it perpetually over that weekend before I could, you know, had to turn it back in, of course. My earliest video renting memories actually go back to when the grocery stores started to have the machines and a limited selection of movies that you could uh, rent. I think mostly they, they had Raiders of the Lost Ark and a few of the other ones like Romancing the Stone, other movies from, from that early, early 1980s age. Uh, and then shortly after that, the stores started to pop up. 
And um, I just remember the first time being a kid. I think it was a Cub Scout sleepover, and they were going to rent a VCR and some movies for us to watch. And we went into this store, and it was just incredible to just walk through this store that had nothing but movies in it that you could rent and watch again. And I think we actually convinced the, the den mother into letting us get vacation, which either she didn't realize was R or she didn't realize it would be that bad. Well, I grew up in Springfield, New Jersey, which is about 20, 25 minutes outside of Manhattan. We first had a video store when I was about between six and eight years old, maybe. And it opened up near my barber shop in uh, kind of our little town center, which was very small. It was a tiny little store. It had basically just new stuff at the beginning. It got a little better as time went on. And I can remember just being in awe. I, I grew up as uh, my parents used to call me Billy TV. <laughs> and um, I love TV and I loved film. My favorite film is 2001. I saw that when I was 10 years old. I read the book when I was nine. It remains my favorite film ever. Kubrick is my favorite director. And I just was in awe of being able to get something that I wanted when I wanted it. I was so used to having to wait for something to repeat or running to the TV. People today have no idea everything's on demand, but the video store, I would just walk around there with my mouth agape, looking at covers, seeing films that I'd only heard of, that I could now watch, foreign films especially. I mean, even America today, even with the internet, once you get outside of a big city, culture can be thin. So having the ability to see other films and experience other experiences, and it was, it was amazing. Well, um, it go back to like when I was like, you know, five years old, six years old. I uh, I stayed with my uh, grandmother a lot, but and and uh, we had a local video store. It was called Ardbark Video, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I would go there almost. It pretty much be like Friday. Like I'd get an allowance and I would want to go right to the video store, you know, and rent a movie. And like you know, back then you could reserve movies. I'd call them up if there was something that I wanted, you know, and say, hey. You have uh, Batman. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold it for me. I'll be up there. And they would. And I'd go up there and it's like an every week thing. Some of my earliest memories is uh, I, I didn't remember many blockbusters opening in my area. However, I do recall a lot of mom and pop stores opening. And before I was a really big movie fan, uh, I was obviously big into Nintendo and playing a lot of games. And you know, I found upon a place that was a franchise in the Boston area, probably all over, called West Coast Video, and they had um, they had obviously movie rentals, and more importantly to me as a youngster, they had Nintendo tape rentals uh, in air quotes Nintendo tapes. So the fact that they had all these games to rent was mind blowing because at the time my family couldn't afford a lot of brand new games. Games were so pretty expensive back then, so I could peruse and the different aisles and see what was available, not just for films, but for games. We had a video store in, in my hometown of Frenchtown, New Jersey. I don't remember the name of it, um, but it was near a pizza place, as most places in New Jersey, I'm sure, had a pizza place nearby. I went in there with my friend and his dad, 
and I think his dad had to return something and we walked in and I really had no idea what a video store was and I remember going in and seeing this huge display the the huge cardboard uh, display for a Nightmare on Elm Street 4 which was coming out on video so this had to be 88 maybe early 89 and I was blown away but you know again I had no idea what a video store was shortly after that I started to realize that literally right next door there was also the the Frenchtown pharmacy which had videos for rent and I would go in there with my mom and dad mostly my mom and check out the I'd, I'd go right to the horror section and start digging through there and just looking at the titles and memorizing you know the titles and, and reading the backs of the videos and learning about these films and even though I had no idea what any of these movies were but for, for some reason my dad never let us get a membership for a video store so it was always this sort of forbidden thing um, and when we had the pay cable channel so we had prism hbo cinemax so there's really almost no point of renting anything but for some reason again you know we, we just didn't subscribe to a membership or get a membership so, so you didn't even have a vcr no, we had a VCR. My dad was big into VCR, so we had like um, we had home videos and stuff that we would, uh, you know, um, we'd record stuff off TV and, and what have you. But in terms of like, you know, renting stuff, we didn't do that that frequently. It was shortly thereafter that they just started popping up everywhere. You know, I mean, like there was even like I remember there was a little convenience store that sits on the corner of um, the street that I grew up on that they were renting. VHS tapes also you know they, they of course they didn't have a huge selection but you know it was one of those things like okay you can go in here we we had the requisite you know video rental slash tanning bed places that popped up <laughs> you know that, that seems to be a, a thing especially down here in the south for some reason uh, and then um, this is going to tie into to where I worked there was a larger well the, actually there, there were two they were both mom and pop stores that, that opened around here one of them was Silver City Video and the other one was called The Video Place, which kudos to them for that name. That name is amazing. And so it was one of those things, you know, both you know, they were family-owned, you know, that kind of stuff. The funny thing about Silver City Video is that somewhere in the late 80s, they said, screw it, we're just going to go full porn. And <laughs> that's what they were until they finally closed in the early 2000s. You know, I mean, so, I mean, that, they went there and stayed there. You just um, go where the money is. Exactly, you know. And and the thing with the video place is that it was a big store. I mean, like, honestly, it was bigger than our local when Blockbuster finally opened, you know. M maybe as big as our Hollywood video that we had whenever it opened later. But they would carry all the obscure stuff. I mean, just like obscure, you know, like all of these horror movies I'd never heard of before. And, of course, they would get movies that, like, Blockbuster wouldn't carry. You know, that's how I saw the movie Kids. And um, that's how I saw the movie Slacker, even, you know, because it was like these independent films that, like, you know, you just couldn't get at the mainstream places. And I remember somewhere in the early 90s, my mom has a lot to do with my love of, of movies and, and everything. I mean, she was, I mean, she was a stay-at-home mom, you know, and so it was one of those things that, like, her and I would go to the movies, like, during the, the summer, like, years, year after year after year after year, whenever I was a kid, and they would go to the video stores and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, anyways, so it was one of those things that, with her, she came home from the video place one day, and she said, hey, um, the video place, I, and I, I wish I could call the name of the family off the top of my head, I, I can't, um, but that they had sold to Movie Gallery. And which that was the thing that movie gallery would do. They would kind of come in, whereas you know, like Blockbuster or Hollywood would come into a new place and they would 
open their own store and you have their own branding and that kind of stuff. Movie Gallery would come in and they would buy up the mom and pop stores and then just slap all of their branding on like the video cassettes, you know, like the, the boxes and stuff like that, but they would still keep the name. So the video place, even though it was movie gallery, it was still called the video place until the day it closed. I want to say, it, let me ask this. So did they change what they carried when they became movie gallery or they literally just owned the store, but kept the same stock and video? They kept the same stuff. Including the adult room, which I have all kinds of stories about that place from working there. They're pretty much ma and pa type of stores. You know, they were convenience stores that, oh, by the way, here's our rack of, you know, popular video titles. And there was a curtain for all the naughty ones. Uh, but that was about it. And so they would have, you know, one or two copies of a major title. And you'd peruse and say, okay, whatever's available, I have to get. What do you remember specifically about the rental stores you visited first? It was a very interesting store compared to the, all the video stores I went to over the years. Uh, my dad was in the military, so we moved a lot, so I got to see all kinds of video stores across the East Coast. This one actually, the checkout counter was a round counter that was dead in the center of the store. So when you walked in the front doors, you had the new release wall that did, you know, encompass the entire store except for the back corner where the adult videos were. And then the aisles were just all parallel lines that ran from the back all the way to the front with the various genres. But dead in the middle of the store was this just big circle counter that just had two registers on it. And, you know, it had the candy and it had, you know, of course, the employee picks, which was always a, a fun thing to look at. The Videorama was one of those places where they just, they had boxes and you'd, you know, you'd have, both of them actually, they, they were kind of almost the same in that setup that you had to get the, the, the empty box and you take it up there and they had all the tapes behind the shelves to make sure nobody stole the tapes since, you know, this was back when they were like, you know, $100 a pop. So you didn't, you know, you didn't want people getting their fingers on the tapes, you know, until they're ready to write, you know, rent them and have their credit card attached to them. The Videorama actually at one point expanded over and they took over this old, it, it, I, I can't remember if it was a drugstore or something, so it was huge, it was massive. And actually the biggest difference between the two, Videorama had porn. No, no, wait, sorry, <laughs> Video, Bar had, Video Bar had porn. They had, because it was such a big store, they had a, a, a backroom section, I can't remember if it had the beaded curtain or not. They didn't have a video, uh, a curtain. But you had to go around the corner to get into where they had all the tapes. And then about five years later, the Videorama moved down the block and took over, I think they took over the Harris Teeter I worked at in college, or in high school, between high school and college. And they actually finally set up their own back corn room space too. So, you know, that was, and that would have been, you know, about 1990 when you started having Blockbuster come in and, and you know, you didn't have a uh, an adult section you weren't going to lure people into your store anymore so wow video rama moved around a lot well video bar moved but it only moved like within the mall complex the strip mall complex they had over if i remember right uh it, it was over near um where the movie theater used to be in the the giant winn dixie and stuff but video rama was on uh killed their farms and so they they had to move because they were only in a small you know, like one of those little mini strip mall thing sections. They weren't in a big one. You know, they had one of those slot, you know, a couple slots. And so they just decided, you know, they moved down the block and got a much bigger space. In those days, they didn't really have a whole lot of uh, 
other things up. I remember, you know, they all being grouped into the different categories, the drama, comedy, horror. And there were, you know, a lot fewer movies back in, you know, 1983 than there are now. But um, the box art was neat because they were all lined up. And they, in those days, some of the places would either have the movie on the shelf behind the box in the plastic case or you would take the box up and it would be kind of like an old library system where they would or, or like the roller skates uh, when you would go to the roller skate place you would give them the box and they would go and, and bring the actual cassette in the, the plastic case for you it was overwhelming to a kid uh, seeing how the movies were classified as different genres you know just not expecting that kind of um, tailoring to our interests was really fascinating. Like I said, I was I was becoming a movie fan. I was learning about the movie process and getting into that aspect of, of filmmaking. So that was really kind of a cool thing and seeing, okay, what are you in the mood for? You go to a drama section, action section, all that kind of stuff. And especially with, with the game section, you could check out Sega Genesis games, Super Nintendo games, Nintendo games, all that kind of stuff like that. That was really uh, fascinating. And the fact that you know, the, the checkout system at that store was right in the center of the store. So you really had to walk through everything else to sort of get there, which is really uh, interesting. So um, that's something I'll never forget about some of the um, my early memories of visiting that particular location. Specifically at LV Video, well actually, no, let's let's go with the, the pharmacy. When you would walk into the pharmacy, they actually had the horror section like almost as soon as you walked in. And so I was like a magnet right to it. And, and of course they had all the great big box tapes like Nightmare and Terror on Tape, uh, The Forest, which had a crazy cover kind of a terrible movie but you know awesome artwork which i guess is kind of standard with a lot of the horror titles and then then in the middle of the store you know literally it's a pharmacy so they had one side of the aisle they had all the magazines which i would go to and look at the comic books and then right behind you if you're looking at the magazines were this whole row of videos that was like i guess it was kind of set up like um uh almost like a greeting card Oh, interesting! Yeah, you know, and and it was just sort of they were all face out, so you would you know pick them up and you know sort of look at them, and then you would just take them up to the to the front counter, and they had pretty much all the tapes behind there. No, they actually had the tapes in this in the cases, um, but they had a few. I think probably the new releases were behind the counter. But LV Video, when you would walk in there, immediately there's the the front counter, and it was a huge front counter, and. You'd go through sort of, I don't remember if they had a turnstile or, you know, the sort of uh, metal detector type of thing, you know, that would buzz when you'd go through with the video. And again, I would beeline right for the horror section. The new releases, I believe, were on the, the main wall to the right. And of course, they had an adult section. And, you know, my friends and I would kind of, you know, whisper and be like, try to catch a, a sneak peek if somebody went through there. I think it was a curtain. And. Um, I actually never saw that section at LV, but I heard many stories of people and, you know, probably uh, uh, playground tall tales, if you will, <laughs> about what it looked like. And, you know, oh, my brother rented this. And yeah, sure he did. I really miss it, actually. I actually miss the sensory feeling of walking into a store and seeing physically all of the options in front of me and being able to tangibly pick them up and look at the back and, you know, look at the back of the box or the back of the jewel case and see, you know, physically read the descriptions of the of the videos of the games because, you know, that was a big deal. And, you know, physically seeing 
it, it, and also the weird disappointment of like seeing a wall of movies that were brand new and then seeing like you know none left or you know none left to 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 rent but yeah it was it was special and going with your family was special i think too um it was kind of something you would do together and sometimes you'd pick things out together i also a big thing too i'd like to add was babysitting being babysat or having babysitters and going to the video store to get the movie for the night was also a big thing that i remember that we don't really do anymore is is picking out the babysitter movie or like you know the, the the movie that you're getting babysat with and sometimes that was the cool thing sometimes you'd get a cool babysitter who would get you a movie that you might not be allowed to see at the time and you know maybe you'd watch your first pg-13 or your first rated r film with your babysitter or something like that it was a classic one unit strip mall type deal wired shelves holding the videos. I remember that all the videotapes were behind the counter. You brought the box up, right? I remember, of course, you had a membership. It introduced me to that whole world. But I must say, because I was so young and because as time went on, you know, a Blockbuster opened and then that store closed and I, I didn't have like a home video store honestly, until I started working at World of Video when I was in my 30s. <laughs> or my oh. 20s, actually. I never really, I, I never had a store that I loved until I worked at it. It was pretty great. Like, you'd walk in and, uh, like, I didn't go to Blockbuster much uh, back then. Like, on my side of town, there was no Blockbuster at that time. It was just, like, a little local video store, like, Art Park and stuff. And, uh, so, like, when you walk in, like, I remember, like right to your left would be the uh, the kids section, the family section, and then next to it would be sci-fi, and then you'd have the counter, and they would have like behind the counter all the tapes, like numbered. So you know, like you would bring the box up, and you went and it wasn't the actual like uh, case for the movie. It was like a a made case, so you would grab it, and then they would go and uh, bring the. Um, you would bring the box up to the counter and they would uh grab the tape from behind the uh whatever you know movie it was they'd grab the tape from behind they had like these big shelves with all these tapes lined up do you remember the first titles you rented did you have any favorites that you rented over and over again well let me tell you man i grew up with a love of like old black and white movies you know and stuff and you know stuff like that my favorite movie when i was a kid uh, Star Wars aside, because that's its own thing. But my favorite movie was the original 1933 King Kong. And I probably rented that movie 50 times over the course of, I don't know, the first 10 years of the video stores were around or something like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, I was always, I was always written like that stuff or, you know, the, 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 the kaiju, you know, Godzilla or Gamera or, or Rodan or any of that kind of stuff or horror movies, uh, when I could, a lot of times my parents were, I grew up, grew up a very religious family and they were, my mom was kind of like, I don't want you watching that stuff. So that would be whenever I go to my cousin's house and stay. Like, I was like, all right, <laughs> here's my list of movies I want to watch. And that's what we would do. We would, Friday night, I would go to, the, go to their place, we'd hit the video store, we'd hit the pizza, you know, hit pizza and go, and that would be it. I, I mean, I, I barely slept until I came back home on Sunday, <laughs> just like getting in all the movies that I wasn't supposed to watch at home. Like I said, I grew up in, in Jersey and like my man, the RZA, I grew up watching on Channel 9 and Channel 11 Kung Fu movies. 
So for me, what what is it? The five deadly venoms was like right. first things I remember renting. My mother's like, what is that? Well, my brother and I, for some reason at one point, because they would have a deal where it would be, uh, you know, like for Christmas or Thanksgiving, you could rent two nights instead of the one night for three bucks or whatever the heck they were charging. And I don't know why, but we made it a family tradition to rent Deliverance and Taxi Driver. We're older wow. kids. Wow. <laughs> you know, not, not that either film has anything to do with the holidays, but, you know, it's kind of like, Ma, we rented these again. And Mom, of course, would give us that stare. Although, although Mom couldn't complain completely because uh, Mom took us to see James Dickey when he came to a... We came to a bookstore next to the Videorama. And I remember asking him about the film and I said, you know, because he placed the sheriff in it. And I said, would you have, how would you have written the book if you knew you were going to get to play a role in it? And he's like, I would have made the sheriff the hero. I remember that line. So, you know, he would solved the case and sent Burt Reynolds to jail, I guess, or something. Him and John Voight. I think the first movie we rented was probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm sure we, we saw that a few times over the years. I was kind of lucky when I was young that like, I got to watch pretty much anything I wanted to, basically, you know. <laughs> That, that was a good thing. And um, my favorite movie would be, like, I'd always grab, like, Ghostbusters and Pee-wee's Big Adventure and watch those over and over. And uh, one take that uh, is not, like, a normal movie that I used to always rent that they had was uh, uh, Ernest, Jim Varney, Ernest. I would always rent. And it wasn't a movie. It wasn't one of the movies, like, Ernest Goes to Camp. It was, like, the video of, like, his family album. And, like, he played all these different characters like oh, cool. family history and i would always rent that video who was your favorite family member do you remember any of the characters <laughs> yeah like ernest like he went through his like one he was like davy crockett they had like a skit like where he's davy crockett and then they had like a skit where like he was uh in world war ii like uh, like a flying bomber or whatever world war ii and then they had like a skit where like they lived like in like the uh, like up in tennessee and uh like his uncle or something and uh, then they had one where, like, set, like, in the Western times where he was, like, playing poker and stuff. Like, it was real funny. So, I got into Taekwondo at a very early age. So, the martial arts section was always what really appealed to me. Um, and my dad was big into Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. So, you know, I would catch those movies with him. But I always try to find something that was more kid-friendly. And this was a few years before Surf Ninjas and, you know, Three Ninjas Kick Back and all that that was coming out, but there were these, I believe they were Korean made, like kids kung fu movies, and they were very cheesy. They were really, in all honesty, pretty bad, but there was probably four or five of them in the series, and those were the films I would rent every week, week in and week out, <laughs> like without fail, because I just loved you know, this idea of there being other kids doing martial arts, and it was you know kind of marketed towards kids. Like I said before, I rented uh, you know the Simon's Quest, but you know I also was probably getting into movies itself. You know, I remember my family renting movies for me that they thought were kids' movies, but th that were slightly little older um, for my taste at the time. They maybe a little scary. For some reason, Beastmaster was rented for me. Uh, I think with Mark Singer, and I was at the time I was too young to really kind of appreciate it. And some of those films kind of, you know, they weren't appropriate for me at that era. But growing up, getting more into that stuff, I think it was really uh, it was really cool. Back in the day, anime used to be very unavailable, and you know, you'd go to the video store, and the extent of anime would be like Akira 
and you know my neighbor Totoro and like anything that was from like the early 90s or something like that and some anime was more risque than others and I do remember like get, seeing Akira for the first time being way too young and that and that movie's like it's wild and raunchy and like not necessarily for like a very young person <laughs> uh but also things like that like watching movies that were more i guess advanced was more common back then like i remember being little and watching gremlins or watching like even ghostbusters it, you know as great of a movie as that is like as a very little kid you don't notice all of the adult jokes at the time and things like that it's not necessarily geared to you just yet so anyway it was just you would get these opportunities to see like all these famous movies like ghostbusters and terminator 2 and things like that that, that were just huge and you would watch them despite their age uh, limitations for sure it was dawn of the dead um that pretty much like i i had actually seen that um, I guess that's another rental story. Um, I was sleeping over at my cousin's house, and my older cousin is basically um, Tim. He's basically the uh, the older brother I never had. He's eight years older than me, so I've always looked up to him, and whatever he would say, you know, was cool to me. Was cool, and he was like, "Yo, I got this movie called Dawn of the Dead, and um, it's it's got uh, the monsters from Thriller in it." And I was a you know big Michael Jackson fan. I was like, "Yeah, Thriller, all right." And Thriller actually kind of terrified me for a little bit after seeing this movie. But I remember laying on, on their living room floor watching Dawn of the Dead start up. And certain images in that movie just burn themselves into my psyche. You know, from the very beginning with the, the blood red, you know, shag carpet walls in and, and the newsroom and, and, and the opening credit sequence to the Jim Crutt zombie getting the top of his head cut off with the helicopter blades. Uh <laughs> You know, or Flyboy coming out of the elevator towards the end of the film, and you know the his pistol being wrapped around his his trigger finger, and stuff like that. Just you know, it it freaked me out, and it made an impression. I remember telling my dad about it, and he was laughing because him and my mom actually saw that when they were dating. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and so that was that was kind of cool. Some of those earliest memories, trying out games, you know, visiting different locations as well, a couple mom and pop stores, seeing what games you liked, what games you didn't like, and then of course the ones you really like. Wow, you know, you can just tell your family birthday or Christmas time. Listen, the reason why I want this is because I rented it, I tried it, and I'm going to play the heck out of it. It was a big investment for back then. You know, you could, my family couldn't just drop everything to buy every tape I wanted. You know, so it was really really cool to do that. So that's another thing I remember from my early days of renting. Uh, movies and games, that kind of stuff. I was really into the idea of being able to get things that I could not get. That was really important to me, even at a young age, because I was a book collector from like the age of eight or nine. I was collecting books with my father. My father was a voracious reader. My grandfather was a voracious reader. I am too. So I, I, I started in my mind almost, it was about collecting these ideas that I couldn't get my hands on. You know, I would scour TV guide for different TV shows and films, or I would read weird magazines when I took a trip into Manhattan. And it was all about trying to get those weird, rare movies. I can remember getting the black hole. That's what I'm trying to think of one that people will, will know, right? The Disney sci-fi. I'm a huge sci-fi head. Yeah. 
So for me, that was what the video store was all about. I could really give a less about the new movie that was coming out because I went to the theater to see it. And if I didn't like it, I didn't go see it in the theater. So that idea of kind of waiting till like the half decent movie, I mean, everything has dumbed down in, in a sense. I think all popular media, the internet has caused a dispersion where you find the gems in the niche stuff and the popular stuff is very, po it's McDonald's, right? So for me, that's what it was all about, being able to get the cool stuff. So like going way back, I just remember playing the slew of NES games and there were some weird ones like Little Nemo, uh, the Dream Master, if you remember, like that was an old, you know, movie as well, but like there was a famous NES game and like, uh, I remember my dad getting really obsessed with a version of SimCity, I think it was on Super Nintendo and he, like, I remember going, I, I was doing theater at the time and I remember doing like, um, I think a rehearsal or something and coming back and my dad had made this like enormous metropolis like this just like like he played way more of that game than i ever did but yeah like there was a few games like that and then i remember very specifically you know going forward a little bit at the warehouse big ones was castlevania symphony of the night which is a really famous well-known excellent game that's like on most people's top 10 lists it's excellent game and then also like Final Fantasy 7 you know like some of the big ones I rented first at the warehouse you know like really like Resident Evil Final Fantasy 7 like really big you know like first time like big big name games I would get at the video store first and for a while there you know because I was I was kind of as I said uh, it was kind of high school college for me and I remember one of the things we would get a hold of because we're getting big into prog rock we track down the Yes songs VHS. Actually, not even VHS. We had to find the beta. My parents bought a beta machine first. Oh. We've always been on the cutting edge of the wrong technology in my family. So, you know. <laughs> I remember I, one, one time it wasn't my favorite. I, I, I do reviews of DVDs for um, Inside Pulse. And they sent me the first, when, during Blu-ray versus HD, uh, HD, whatever it was called yeah. at the time. The first disc I got was the HD one. And of course, I'm staring at it going, oh, this is great. And then I kid you not, two days later, they announced they've discontinued the format. You know, uh. I, was like, I was like, well, good thing I'm not building up a collection here, you know, because it was free. But still, it was that feeling of first one showed up. It went, and my parents, dad decided, and it was true. I mean, beta looked better. And so, especially when you're duping stuff and things. And so, but we'd have to go pecking around trying to find the place that had the, the better beta selection. Which, you know, at first it was okay, because everybody bought both. Video Bar and Video Rama seemed to both have beta and VHS. And then about, I, I would say about two years later, it started getting pretty dicey on trying to find beta tapes. Until my parents just decided, screw it, we're going to spring for a VHS recorder. I think it had something to do with my brother decided to buy uh, one of those VHS-C format uh, video cameras. And they knew you could put those tapes in like an extender and stick it in a VHS to play them straight. So they, they decided, I think around that time, I think it was in college at that point, to finally buy a VHS, which worked out good for me because then I would rent things on beta and dupe them to VHS. Pretty sweet. All I'd right. Have, we'd have a whole bunch of weird, you know, and, and that was good too because that was back when me and a bunch of friends would cruise around. Because uh, just give me back, I went to NC State. 
And so we would actually cruise over sometimes to Chapel Hill and Durham looking for odd stuff on tape at various video stores like uh, VizArts or the Carolina Theater had a store at one point and just odd little nook and cranny shops around this town where, you know, they would have, for some reason, in the middle of all their stuff, you'd be staring at like four German movies that you've never heard of and be like, okay, let's rent them. There weren't too many that I would rent again and again because generally if it was on uh, HBO or Showtime, you could record it once machines became playable or, you know, the price came down and you could own the VCRs. So if it was something you knew you were going to watch repeatedly, you would just record it. Or it's possible that you had a second VCR and you kind of made your own copy. That was pretty common back in the day, even at the dawn of the technology. Yeah, because we had our first VCR was a beta, and later on, about a year or two later, we got a VHS also once beta started to get phased out. But when they started to do the copy protection on the VHS tapes, you could still copy it onto a blank beta tape. It wouldn't uh, have the little, it would get really dark and then really bright and then really dark and really bright. But if you were recording it to a beta tape, you could make a normal watchable copy. But if you tried to take that beta copy and record it back to a VHS, the copy protection would kick in again. Wow, that, yeah, that, that's a piece of uh, the technology that people probably don't remember. That's a good little loophole you figured out there. <laughs> yeah. A little video hack. Um, they got around it by getting rid of beta <laughs> altogether. <laughs> Here's a preview of the next episode coming up on Rental Return Season 2. What made you want to work in a video store and how did you get the job? My dad just happened to be checking out with the store manager and mentioned that, you know, I was looking for a job and right there on the spot, she's like, well, hey, come in Tuesday at six o'clock and we'll do an interview. And <laughs> I came in, you know, three or four days later after the weekend, interviewed. Next thing I know, I'm starting that Friday. Imagine being a 20 something year old and having this dream job, right? You know, watching films for a living, entertaining people. Went to this dude's place named Brad. I looked across the street and I said, whoa, what is that? And it was a world of video. And I was like, I'm going to need a job soon. It's always good to have some income. Maybe I should work at the video store. I love movies and everything. I'm going to check it out. Rental Return is created by Adam Pope and produced by Jason Gross in association with The Retro Network. Connect with our Season 2 video heroes on social media by finding the links in today's show notes. Also follow TRN Social on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to see pictures of our video heroes in action back in the day. If you're a former video store employee and want to chronicle your experience for an upcoming season of Rental Return, connect with Adam Pope on Twitter at HojuKulander or email him at HojuKulander at gmail.com. Links also provided in today's show notes. Avoid late fees by subscribing to Rental Return in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to share your membership with a friend or family member. Discover more retro podcasts by visiting theretronetwork.com forward slash podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Rental Return, Tales from the Video Store.
This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.